0: Well welcome to the Faith Roots podcast and uh, this is our podcast for Easter week and I wanted to, given the week we are in, I wanted to talk about the message at the heart of the gospel. I want to talk about death and resurrection. A lot of us, uh, whether or not we're normally liturgical or follow the church calendar uh, we do give serious attention to this week around easter don't we um i don't know about you but i i find it is so helpful to have this week a little bit of focus time to return to those specific accounts from that week 2000 years ago the the week that the gospels put so much emphasis on that dominates that takes up most of the space of the gospels disproportionate to the rest of the gospels uh, perhaps on sunday you you traveled into jerusalem with jesus uh, perhaps your church had the palm branches and uh, maybe you even got a, a real life donkey for the day but we didn't have one at our church our uh, our pastor our our senior leader at uh, uh at our church um was doing the children's work and uh uh, actually they were looking at the life of Moses so I understand he he, he brought in a creature uh, he told the children that there was an, an animal in church we all expected a donkey it, it was a locust um, maybe you've done that perhaps you've stopped uh, to uh, join the disciples in marveling at the temple uh, those great walls that amazing building and then heard the words of Jesus as he said that this, this building is going to be destroyed, as he prophesied AD 70. Perhaps you are reflecting on the debates, the arguments with the um, the scribes, the Pharisees and the Sadducees through the week. And no t- doubt you'll take time uh, to go to that last supper meal. Here Jesus is teaching, uh, remember his death and resurrection in the the bread and the cup. And then there is the solemnity of Good Friday, isn't there? Uh, I've been uh, doing some special daily doses for this week and we've been working through john chapter 19 and i, I hope you get a chance to listen in john chapter 18 and 19 to listen into to those uh as i say on the the uh, uh, the john 19 one that our practice at my previous church was to give time to read through the account without exposition without preaching just to read it through and reflect on it maybe you're taking time to do that easter week takes us to the death of jesus he had been promising foretelling prophesying warning that he must die And if we've taken time to walk this week reflectively, slowly, to immerse ourselves in the story, no doubt we have felt something of the fear, the guilt, the shame, the grief of the disciples as they see their Lord put to death. But that's not where the story ends, is it? We must travel through the the quiet Saturday, the inactivity of the Sabbath, the waiting, the grieving, to that Sunday morning, an empty tomb, angels, Jesus meeting, uh, the women on the road, Jesus speaking to Peter. Uh, and later he will appear in that upper room as the disciples are there behind locked doors, doors that are locked to men but cannot hold the risen Lord out because he's the one who tore the bars of the prison of the grave away. Uh, but in the afternoon there is a walk with Cleopas and another disciple, maybe Cleopas' wife or mother or someone as they head home to Emmaus, grieving. And there on that road, we are told that Jesus meets them. They don't recognise him. They're hearing the reports, the confusion that's going around the rumours, but they have seen their Lord crucified. And they don't expect the dead to come back Uh, and then in Luke 24 verse 26 Jesus says wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah the Christ would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory and then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses And all the prophets explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. I remember that verse in older language that talks about him beginning with Moses, going right back to Genesis and recapitulating, retelling the story of their scriptures, and showing them that all of the Old Testament, all of the Bible, all of the scriptures, they had them at that point, points to him, uh, the big picture story, uh, the great themes that run through the Old Testament and the detail, that's the sense that we get. Thomas Wrens was uh, one of my uh, Old Testament tutors at Oak Hill Theological College um he's reading a commentary on some of the minor prophets uh, one of the new international commentaries on the old testament um the sort of name and that sort of bit of the bible and i remember uh, thomas um, pointing to this passage and saying you know it's not just that Jesus picks up all of those prophecies, there are lots of prophecies that give detailed predictions that, 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 that showed that Jesus was the one, where he was going to be born, how he would live, um, how he would die. All of those prophecies are there the connections to Nazareth, all those kinds of things. Uh, The fact that he would be born of a virgin, that level of detail. Certainly Jesus would have been picking up on those things, but it's more than that, it's in the very story itself. It's not just that we've got these predictions. Uh, Matthew keeps coming back to this sense that Jesus fulfills the Old Testament not just the predictions are right, but he lives out, fills embodies everything that the Old Testament was about, uh, so that when Jesus is born, and his family have to flee from Bethlehem down to Egypt, and then Herod dies, so they return. Matthew says this fulfils the prophecy Hosea out of Egypt, I have called my son uh, that that prophecy in Hosea was not so much a uh, here's a prediction of where Jesus will be born and that he will spend a bit of time in Egypt, uh, but actually was telling the story of Israel as the son of God that was exiled in Egypt and then rescued through the Exodus, brought into the promised land. Uh, Matthew says Jesus is fulfilling that in a deeper way. Jesus is fulfilling. Jesus is being Israel, being the son but this time the obedient son and so the sense that we get through scripture is this imagery of death and resurrection that theme that runs through the old testament and takes us To jesus and his death and resurrection there is death there's death because of the fall but there are also foretastes of resurrection there's the litany of death that follows adam's sin the curse comes judgment on the earth on humanity Uh, but even in the judgment of Genesis 3 there is grace and there is hope and there is light and there's resurrection promise Satan will strike at the heel of your descendant Eve but he will crush the head of the serpent life will come and so eve who has been brought under the judgment of death with her husband adam is named eve meaning the the mother of all life the mother of life life follows death children are born Uh, death comes each of the descendants will die but right in the middle of the the generational list that describes these people being born and then living and then growing old and then dying and he died and he died and he died there's an interruption Enoch walks with God and the implication is that Enoch does not die that there is promise that death that the curse can be broken uh, This is pointing to Jesus. Enoch is a type of Christ. Then there's the judgment of the flood. decreation. the the world itself descends back into the watery chaos, death comes. Uh, But out of the flood, God brings new life. Uh, The covenant with Noah, death is followed by resurrection. There's Abraham, he goes down to Canaan, God promises him the land, he must die to his family, die to his old life, to be raised to new life. And then there's something fascinating, Abraham lives as a sojourner, a wanderer in the land, he has no land to possess, no land to call his own, until... His wife until Sarah dies and the people of the land respect Abraham so they uh, they offer to to give him to lend him to allow him space to bury his wife but Abraham says no I'm going to buy the burial plot I'm going to buy land I'm going to buy the cave That's amazing, isn't it? The first bit of land acquired legally for God's people in the promised land is a grave. Why? Well, I want to suggest that it's because of this theme of death and resurrection. That sense of we will die here, but we will rise here as well. Uh, Sarah will be buried in the sure and certain hope of the resurrection. We die here because we trust the promise of life to come. And then there are the descendants of Abraham, Jacob and his family. And this famine and death is coming and they escape to Egypt. But there in the land, they are brought into savoury. Death comes. But God calls Moses. And this people God's firstborn son out of Egypt I've called my son are brought to life again out of the death of slavery in Egypt to life in the promised land Mm -hmm. Uh, there in the land they will go through these cycles of of death of judgment of oppression because of their sin and idolatry, of life, of rescue from saviour judges, and then the rule of a, a king, a messiah, an anointed one. But their sin will take them back into exile again to Babylon and Persia. Death comes again, the death of exile. But the story doesn't stop there. The prophets announce judgment, they announce that this death is coming. Look at the book of Isaiah, look of at those warnings of judgment, of destruction, of exile. There is death. But also From the middle of the book onwards, there's the promise of good news, of comfort for the people, of uh, the restoration of God's people and God's land. And you see that in the prophecies of Ezekiel as well. Death will be followed by resurrection, defeat by victory, curse by blessing. And it is this big theme of death and resurrection traced through the story, the redemptive story of scripture, that Jesus says is fulfilled in him, in his death and resurrection, that he has has defeated death. Uh, And that is the good news for you and me. Good news. Because the big story of death and resurrection means that where we were dead in our sin, we can be raised to life. That's the imagery of Romans 6, isn't it? The imagery of baptism, that baptism reflects that sense of burial with Christ in the grave. Dead to sin, but then raised to life in him. That's the great truth for you and me, that there has been a death, that we die to our old self, that we're raised to eternal life, spiritual eternal life already, resurrection power breaking in, the life of the spirit in us, Uh, but also that promise of one day us experiencing physical resurrection like Jesus, we will be raised. So there's that big central gospel message. And out of that, I want to suggest that what we experience now as we wait the great day of resurrection are little foretastes of it. That we, in our own lives, in our own communities, often experience many resurrections, many deaths, and many resurrections what do I mean by that well there'll be times in life where you will have to grieve a loss a hurt a pain a failure that broken relationship that finished job that end to a stage in your life that leaving behind of a home or on a communal scale we've been through the pandemic and some of us bereaved were bereaved some of us are grieving physical deaths the loss of loved ones And some of us have experienced other bereavements. The end of a ministry. The changes to life. Sadly, I know of several churches that, that didn't make it through. Death came, a congregation, a church family, that church died and perhaps that's where you are now that you're experiencing grief because of that loss and i want to encourage you that the pattern seems to be this that out of death does come life Uh, that in our grief there is hope we do not grieve as those without hope we have the hope of the resurrection And that maybe what you need to do right now is symbolically say that we bury this thing that we grieve, this thing, this hope, this dream, this church, this job, this vocation, this ministry, this mission, we bury it. Ensure certain hope of the resurrection. I'm not promising that things will be know that this is everything's going to be okay exactly as it was before but i i do believe we see signs of resurrection foretastes mini resurrections that it may be that the life of one church has ended but that there will be new life a new church family whether that's that you find your place in a new church or whether it is that one day uh, there will be another church replanted, reaching the people, reaching the community where the old church died. That, that's the beauty, I believe, of replanting and uh, So after Easter, I, I, I get to preach at a, a church where, in effect, the old church died so that the new church could be replanted there. Lots of beautiful examples of that happening. So I want to encourage you to look for those signs of death and resurrection. as many deaths and resurrection that remind us of Christ's death and resurrection. But most of all, to remember that these are foretastes. Because we are in that bigger story of death and resurrection, of his death and resurrection on our behalf, so that we might die to self, die to sin, and rise to life in him. Look forward in hope. The day of his appearing is drawing close. There is a day coming when we will rise.